Afro Tales Podcast is a part of the Connected Podcast Network. Ahoy, my friends. Welcome aboard the Afro Tales Podcast. I'm your storyteller, Amon Mazinga. Join me as we explore the tales that grew from the people of indigenous and African descent in the Americas and the Caribbean. After, come and see me, Chef, who will impart upon you a recipe for the story you have just heard. So with no further ado, let us set sail on this new age of exploration. The Horse of Seven Colors A man with three sons had a wheat field that was being devoured at night after night. He decided his sons should be his watchmen. He called his eldest son, Go out into the field and see what is eating the wheat? Just before dark, the eldest son arrived at the wheat field. But instead of watching, he dozed off. When morning came, whatever it was had been added again, and the wheat was torn up. The father gave the boy a scolding and sent his second son. The boy went out to the field at nightfall, then lay down to sleep after finishing his supper bath. Again in the morning, whatever creature it was had torn up the wheat. The bewildered father surveyed his losses and began to grieve. The youngest son said, Father, give me a chance. You're too young, my son. The boy insisted. He bought a guitar and a packet of straight pins and set off for the field. When he had hung his hammock, he stuck it full of pins, except for the space in the middle where he lay down. Then he plucked the strings of the guitar and began to sing. By midnight, nothing had happened. The moment he rolled over, the pins pricked him, forcing him to play another song. Through the night, the pins and the guitar kept him awake. And just before daylight, something came crashing into the wheat field. He threw his rope and caught a little party-colored horse that looked at him mournfully and said, Do not kill me. Let me go, and I'll be your helper. I don't believe it. You should, because I'm the horse of seven colors. I'll help you wherever and whenever you need me for the rest of your life. Do you swear you'll never eat my papa's wheat again? I swear. The boy untied the rope, and the grateful horse gave him a little wand. Use this wand to call me. No matter where you are, I'll be there in a moment. The horse said no more and disappeared. When the boy got home, he was praised by his father for saving the wheat. But he said nothing about the horse. He kept the wand 
safely hidden in his shirt. As soon as the harvest was in, the father sent his eldest son to town with the burro and a double load of wheat to sell. Walking along behind the burro, the boy reached a ford in the river where he met an old woman. She said, My son, if only you'd be so kind as to dip a little water into my jar. What? Dip it yourself. I'm in a hurry. Where to, my child? Mind your business. What do you have in the sacks, my child? Horse manure. And he whipped the burro with his switch and kept going. She cried after him. My son, may you sell horse manure? The boy got to town and made a deal for his two loads. The purchaser opened the grain sacks, and what did they do? Horse manure. They gave him a thrashing, and instead of money, he had to go home with the story of an old woman and a water jar. The father just rolled his eyes and imagined that his son had been cheated. The next day, the father sent the second eldest with another two loads of grain. The boy set off with the burro, and when he reached the riverbank, the old woman said to him, Alas, my son, if only you take a pity and dip water a little bit. What am I? Your servant? I've got business elsewhere. And where is elsewhere, my son? Elsewhere is where they'll sweep me off my feet. And what do you have? No sacks? Stones, busybody, stones. Oh, my son. Good luck with the stones, and may you be swept off your feet. In town, the boy got an immediate offer for his two loans. But when the dealers opened the sets, what did they find? Stones. They lifted him off his feet and strung him up. And only because they were trembling with rage, was he able to wiggle loose and run away. This time, the father was in no mood to hear stories and gave both his sons scolding they wouldn't forget. Rascals or dupes, he cried. I can't tell which. On the third day, the youngest son offered to go into town with the last two lads. The father shook his head. You're too young, my son, to manage this purchase. But the boy wouldn't take no for an answer and set off by himself with the burro and the two loaves. At the riverbank, the little old woman appeared. My son, would you be so kind as to fetch me some water? 
Why not, old woman? He leaned over to dip it up. And when the old woman had slacked her thirst, she said, Where are you off to, son? I'm off to the old town, old woman. My son, what do you have in the sacks? My father's wheat. I'm going to sell it. Go, my son, and may you sell wheat. When he got to town, the dealers, who were tired of tricks, refused to listen. But when he opened the sacks and showed them wheat of the highest quality, they paid well. Of course, he took the money straight to his father. In disgust, the two older sons decided to leave him. Seeing them saddle their horses, the youngest son pleaded, Brothers, let me go with you. Don't be stupid. Somebody has to stay with the old man. It's not going to be us. Everything we do or try to do turns out wrong. So we're clearing out. Goodbye. They dug in their spurs and sped off. When they were out of sight, the little brother packed a lunch and took off after them all. all day and all night. He walked without stopping until at last in the distance, he could make out two riders. They turned their heads and saw him come. Look who's here. What do you suppose he wants? Let's see what he's carrying. He was all caked with dust and sweat. Brothers, he said, let me ride on the rump of one of your horses? No, you belong at home with Papa. Go back. Just let me ride on the rump. Can we see what you're carrying? You can. He opened his lunch bag and showed them the food he packed. Can we take it from you? You can. He handed it to them gladly. And he watched them stuff themselves. He pleaded again to ride on the run. Sure, climb up. If you'll let us pluck your eyes out. All right, I'll let you do it. And what do you know? They did just that. And when they'd plucked out his eyes, they rode off, leaving him blind and stumbling in the middle of the road. With his hands in front of him, he made his way to the trunk of a tree. There he settled himself to reflect on his brother's cruelty and his miserable fate. Night came, and three witches flew into the top of the tree. Quack, quack, quack! Quack, 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 laughed one of the witches. Did you hear what happened? No, my dear. What? Well, I never thought we'd get this far. The whole world's coming to an end. Tell us more, tell us more. Well, it's gotten to where brothers are turning against brothers. Just today, two of them plucked 
out the eyes of one of their own and left him blind. Can you imagine that? Their own flesh and blood. Ah, yes. But you know the cure is right here at our fingertips. What? What is the cure, woman? All you have to do is pick three leaves from this very tree we're in. Pass them in front of your eyes and you'd see again. Are you serious? But I am. Quack, quack. And with that, the three rose out of the tree and flew off. By now, it was nearly dawn. The boy had heard the entire conversation. He broke off three of the leaves and passed them over his face. In that instant, his eyes lit up and he could see again. He continued down the road, walking day and night, coming into a town after many days. He learned that his brothers had taken up residence there. He found their house. And when they saw him at the doorstep, they said, It's our boy. Whatever did you do to get back your eyesight? It just happened, he said, and then said no more. The two brothers wondered, what should we do with him? They decided to make him their cook and housekeeper. And then he can feed the horses, too. One day, the brothers came home with news. The king in the town had issued a summons calling all knights from near and far to ride past the palace gate. Whoever could toss an apple into the princess's balcony, hitting her on the bosom, would be given her hand in marriage. Each of the two brothers vowed to compete. The youngest, who by now had become a man, secretly decided to join them. When the day of the competition arrived and his two brothers had ridden off, the youngest took out his wand and recited, Oh, little wand, by the power within you that God has allowed you, bring me the horse of seven cups. As the words were spoken, the horse appeared. What do you want with me? Since I'm on the way to compete for the princess, don't you think I need something to wear? Mounted on the horse of seven colors, he appeared at the tournament after all the other contestants had failed. At full gallop, he hurled the apple up the balcony, high as it was, and into the princess's open window. Then just as quickly as he had come, he disappeared. People were gasping. Such marksmanship. When the older brothers got back to the house, they found the youngest brother at work at the home, all covered in soot. They paid no attention to him and chatted away. Say, buddy, the knight had a some aim, didn't he? Yeah, but 
he might not have hit the princess. You know what's funny? The guy looked a little like our brother here. The next day, the two went back to the tournament, hoping for better luck. They took aim and let fly. But just like the others, they weren't able to get their apples even halfway to the royal window. Then here came the knight on the seven-colored horse in an outfit even more dazzling than the one he had worn the day before. His apple sailed up to the princess's window and grazed her cheek. There was a roar from the crowd. They were arguing. Some thought the apple had struck her bosom. Others weren't sure. Meanwhile, the dashing knight slipped away without a choice. That evening, the two older brothers returned home. The youngest was in the kitchen quietly washing dishes. One of the two, who had just come in, said to the brother who had gotten there before him, Today, I saw a knight up close, brother. He really looks like this one here. Yeah, maybe you're on to something. He seems to be able to pull off anything he wants. Remember the wheat field? And the two loads of grain? And the eyes? They fell silent. Then one of them burst out. What's the matter with us? He's a country boy. Where would he get fancy suits like that? Or a horse with those wings? And those changing colors? You're right, brother. We lost our heads for a minute. But whoever he is, he's going to be the winner. Seems that way. But we'll try it tomorrow, won't we, brother? It's the last day. Who's the quitter? Not me. So they all went back for the final day. But none could even hit the bottom of the princess's window. Suddenly, the knight on the little horse appeared, dressed with all the jewels and sparkle of a prince from a distant land. He paused for a moment so that his brothers could get an eye for him, then tossed the apple and hit the princess squarely on the bosom. The crowd went wild. A wedding, a wedding. The king called the horseman to his side and presented the princess. She fell in love with him on the spot, and the marriage was celebrated without delay. There was a gala banquet. Then the bridegroom summoned his two brothers. You see, you are right, and today I could punish you. For everything you've done to me. But instead, all I ask is that you go home and get fired. Bring him here so he can live with the princess. The brothers were speechless. They wept. They hurried off to get the old father. The horse of seven colors spoke up. I've been with you until this day. Now you are content. 
and I have paid my debt. With that, the little horse vanished, leaving the happy prince standing next to his bride. The end. Wow, another great story from Latin American Folk Tales by Jean Beerhurst. This particular story hit me as I was reading it because it has similarities to two other stories from the same book. The first and most similar is Prince Simpleheart from Costa Rica. So check that out if you haven't. And also Rice from Ashes in Argentina. Also, check that one out if you have it. I'll link both in the show notes. But this story was interesting. One, it has a talking horse in it. And two, the competition was very interesting. Throwing an apple over a high wall to hit the bosom of the princess basically just to hit her in the chest I understand that but as a king as a father would you degrade your daughter in such a way to have people compete to hit her in the chest maybe he did it so that way because he thought no one would ever be able to do that so he wouldn't have to worry about his daughter marrying anyone Wow, a third story from this same book, The Laos Drum, where a king is setting up a hard task, as in naming the skin of a creature that is stretched, you know, out, and somebody comes and says, Oh, it is a flea skin, right? A flea's skin, a lice skin right that's what it was well this is similar to that in being that no one is going to be able to hit my daughter's bosom my daughter's chest with an apple over a wall (laughs) you know nobody's gonna be able to do that and it's interesting how no matter what the task is no matter how difficult a king tries to make a task because i'm pretty sure this is similar to tons of stories that somebody is going to be able to do it, right? Somebody is going to be able to do it. Um, I wish there was more of the horse in this story. The beginning and the end didn't really do it for me. Not analyzing the story. I'm just being honest. I wish there was more of the horse. I, I really thought it was going to be more horse in this story but oh well the three witches are the three birds in um rice from ashes you know the two brothers being mean to the young brother is the same in prince simple heart i love how when you go from country to country place to place you can see elements of stories that come from each other you know what i'm saying like this one story has elements of three other stories that I've already read to you guys. So that's awesome to me. You know, that's folklore. That's folk tales. That's how 
these stories have gotten from place to place because somebody came here from one place to another place and they shared their knowledge, the myths, the, 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 the legends that they have. And people take those stories and pick this piece and pick that piece and they combine it. You know, I would love to know what you would do in this situation. Would you have competed for the, you know, the daughter's hand in marriage by hitting her in the chest with a, with an apple? If you were the daughter, if you were the princess, would you allow this to go down? Today's age, like if you were a princess now, would you allow this to happen? And if you were the king, what is a better way to try to keep your daughter from marrying some lowly commoner can you think of it no matter what your answer is i would love to hear contact me on afrotales cast on instagram twitter or gmail and i would love to hear from you guys all right so next go see chef he has a wonderful recipe from you for from uh venezuela inspired by this story Go see him. And until we meet again, as always, have a blessed day. Welcome, my friends of the galley. I am your chef, chef. And today we have a wonderful recipe inspired by the story you have just heard. Today, we will be creating sweet apples arepas. Now, what will you need for this recipe? For the arepas, you will need two and a half cups of water, two cups pre-cooked corn flour, one teaspoon of salt, two tablespoons of olive oil. For the sweet apple filling, you will need 10 apples, peeled, covered, and diced. Four tablespoons of butter, a quarter cup of sugar, and a tablespoon of cinnamon. Now, how do we put this together? Easy. Preheat the oven to 350 degrees in a medium sized bowl, mix water, corn flour, and salt together by hand. Getting out all of the lumps, cover with a towel and let rest for 10 minutes. Divide the dough into 10 equal balls. Flatten each ball into half inch thick circles. Heat the olive oil over medium heat and add four arepas to the oil. Allow to slightly fry, about five minutes a side. Then transfer to a baking sheet. Bake in a preheated oven for about 25 to 30 minutes. When the arepas are done, it will sound hollow in the middle when you thump it. Use a knife to split the arepas. Now, for the sweet filling, add apples, butter, 
sugar and cinnamon to a saucepan and cook over medium low heat until apples are soft about 10 to 15 minutes then you will assemble add the sweet filling to the split arepas you can top with whipped cream or a drizzle on chocolate syrup and that is it my friend now go do what you do make this recipe yours and until i have another wonderful recipe for you remember the story of the seven colored horse and what they did with an apple until then my friends as always enjoy Thank you for joining us on this voyage. Thanks to Art by Chalet for the logo, episode, and t-shirt designs. You may also get a t-shirt and other items on tpublic.com. You can contact me on all socials at AfroTalesCast. That's Afro, T-A-L-E-S, cast. And email me at AfroTalesPodcast at yahoo.com. You may also become a benefactor by simply sharing with any and everyone, giving a thumbs up, or rating in your podcast app of choice. If you wish to donate, I am on Patreon and Coffee.com. That's K-O-F-I.com. So, until we meet again, may your winds be fair and your seas follow.